0: Lohanui. this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Susanna Susuiki, coming up.
1: We don't know if every country will sign, but we know that a vast majority of the PIF countries will at least commit at this COP.
0: Pacific leaders share their vision for a more prosperous region at COP28 in Dubai. Also,
1: Well, actually, it needs to be about lifting the voices of the people of the Pacific.
0: West Papuans in Auckland gather to raise the Star flag, and later, a new study in Tonga leads to homeowners cleaning their water tanks. Pacific leaders have launched their bold vision, which they hope will create transformational partnerships for the region. Leaders unveiled their Blue Pacific Prosperity Initiative on the sidelines of the UN climate talks in Dubai in the weekend. The initiative is a commitment to protect the ocean, make sure people have food to eat and ensure climate finance is accessible. Caleb Fotheringham has more.
2: The proposal, which was launched on Sunday, received high praise from Andrew Steer, the chief executive and president of the philanthropic organisation Bezos Earth Fund.
1: You are
3: announcing the biggest single conservation effort in this.
2: Mr. Steer even pencilled in a donation.
4: Subject to the design that will happen over the coming
2: months, and subject to that design then being financed, we would will be willing to put up to $100 billion on the table to support what we are doing. United States Special Presidential Envoy for Climate Change, John Kerry, who was also at the launch, says Pacific voices were among the most powerful in the world when it comes to climate change.
3: Your crisis... Of life itself and of existence in the homeland you have is caused by the unmitigated, unabated burning of fossil fuels. That's it. And if we don't stop burning unabated fossil fuels, shame on us.
2: Palau's president, Surangel Whips Jr., told RNZ Pacific, in short, the multilateral commitment means leaders must look after the ocean, make sure people have food to eat, and ensure climate finance is accessible. Part of the ocean sustainability goal is to put 30% of the region's oceans into protection.
1: We don't know if every country will. Signed, but we know that a a vast majority of the PIF countries will at least commit at this COP. So we're excited about that and to partner with our partners here, especially philanthropy and governments, in this effort.
2: As part of the proposal, Pacific leaders are calling on investors and partners to finance the goals. Pacific Islands Forum Secretary-General Henry Puna says the proposal will create a new way for the Pacific to generate finance, especially for ocean management and conservation. He says the private sector is very interested in contributing towards environmental measures.
3: This is the first time that we in the Pacific are now looking at not just at the you know traditional sources of funding that we've been getting, but a new source of funding.
2: It will be open for signing from Tuesday, Dubai time.
0: West Papua's pro independence movement was celebrated by activists around the world last week with the raising of the Morning Star flag. December 1st marks the day the Morning Star, West Papua's independence flag, was first hoisted in 1961. Final Funo attended a flag raising event in Auckland where he spoke to activists.
4: A crowd of just over 40 people gathered at the flag raising event held at the West Haven waterfront in Auckland. It was a somber occasion, with speakers delivering speeches on the oppressive history endured by indigenous West Papuans. Speakers also reminded the crowd about widespread reports of humanitarian abuses committed by Indonesian authorities. New Zealand opposition and Green Party MP Gauriz Garaman was the only political figure at the events. Garaman says action is needed from the New Zealand government.
1: We know that the violence that West Papuans have to endure is getting increasingly worse. Indonesia takes products and timber from West Papua and sells it on the world stage. Um, What I would uh, like to see this new government do is to say we will divest from buying goods and timber in particular, to use every one of our forums, whether it's United Nations Forum, whether it's direct trade talks with Indonesia, to raise the issue of the rights of West Papuans.
4: According to the UN Human Rights Council, the humanitarian situation in West Papua has deteriorated with reports of mass displacement and torture. Some reports estimate the forced displacement of up to 60,000 native West Papuans. Garaman says New Zealand's foreign policy needs to prioritize its more vulnerable Pacific neighbors.
1: We keep talking about the influence of China, we keep talking about the United States coming here and how we can support our um, bigger superpower allies. Well, actually, it needs to be about lifting the voices of the people of the Pacific who are vulnerable right now, like West Papuans.
4: On December 1st, 1961, native West Papuan pro-independence leaders raised the morning star flag in anticipation that independence would be granted by the Netherlands. The region had been a colony of the Netherlands before it fell under Indonesian rule in 1963. Since then, the independence movement has been heavily suppressed with intimidation, arbitrary arrests, torture, and executions. Prominent activist Mare Leadbeater says the annual flag-raising event was a show of solidarity.
1: We are commemorating an event in 1961 when the West Papuans were free to raise their flag and they were on a a path towards decolonisation and independence, like other Pacific nations at that time. But sadly,
4: Indonesia had other plans and the West, including New Zealand, colluded with those plans.
1: We are keeping the faith. We'll never let our government forget.
4: Another speaker at the event was New Zealand Methodist President Terito Peru. She recently attended the Pacific Conference of Churches Gathering in New Caledonia, where she said West Papua representatives were present. Last year, the organization called for the boycotts of all Indonesian products until Jakarta allowed a visit to the region by the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights. Peru said West Papuan church leader Reverend Socrates Yeoman told fellow delegates that his native Papuans continue to endure oppression.
0: The stories he spoke but he also and I think this is the thing that made more of an impact the footage which was shared and the realities that words probably actually can't do any justice to when you see it because it's it's all captured, you know, the truths
1: that are really uncomfortable.
4: In Indonesia, raising the Morning Star flag is banned unless it's raised alongside the Indonesian flag at a lower height. In September last year, seven people were arrested and jailed in West Papua for raising the flag. Goriz Garaman says the event is an act of self-expression, a right denied by the Indonesian governments.
1: It is absolutely criminalized for West Papuans to express any form of independence or self-determination there. What we are saying is that we see you and we know that your rights are being violently breached. We know that Indonesia, is responsible and we stand with you. The people of West Papua, it is incredibly important that we do this every year.
4: An armed conflict between separatists of the West Papua Liberation Army and the Indonesian military has escalated following the kidnapping of Kiwi pilot Philip Mertens in February this year.
0: A recent study in Tonga has led to calls for homeowners to clean their water tanks. The Ministries of Health and Land and Natural Resources, with the aid of the Asian Development Bank, did a study which shows a significant threat of E. coli in the dirty tanks. Matangi Tonga says the only houses with tanks free of E. coli were those that had been disinfected as part of post-disaster activities in 2022. The Tonga government has issued its Guide to Safe Rainwater Harvesting in Tonga outlining the best practices for people to ensure their water is free of E. coli. Don Wiseman spoke with our Tonga correspondent, Galafi Moala, and asked about the water concerns.
3: I've heard of the the talks and conversations on that, talking to the two main manufacturers in Tonga on, on these tanks, and their side of the story is that it has really nothing to do with the tanks but rather that a lot of the water that goes in comes in from the roofing of houses, and that's where the problem could be. Not the tanks in themselves, but the roofings of houses, and some of the roofings are, are rusted, and there's a lot of dirt that can collect in the gutters, and the water that ends up in those tanks, the problem is is in the roofing where the water flows from rather than the tanks in themselves. And they say that there's nothing that they can do about it other than uh, informing the health department of the risks Uh, because individual people have their tanks and they uh, have the freedom to get their tank water from whatever source they want. Yes, they're under instructions to get those tanks cleaned, aren't they? How um, how often does that happen typically? Wow, once a year, really. For example, I talked to somebody at the Ministry of Health who does a health program over radio, and she says to me, their advice to people is not to drink water from the tanks. The water tastes better because it's green water. But he says, unless they are boiled, there's a real risk, health risk in drinking water from the tanks because of the dirt. Uh, whereby they would rather drink water from the wells, the town-supplied water, because it's treated, and the treatment is not only done regularly, but there are testings that they conduct by the water board every uh, on regular times about the cleanliness of the of the water. It's quite frightening the suggestion that um, there's E. coli in these tanks. Do you think it's something that people are going to take notice of and do something about? Well, that's a real problem uh, that we do have here in, in Tonga, and it's not a problem whether people will do anything about it. The problem is in our communications. There's a lot of programs that go out to the public, warning of this and that. Nobody really takes any uh, notice of it. And this is a, a crisis problem, so things breaking out. And for some, I've heard of the talk about the E. cola for some time, but I, I haven't Uh, heard of anybody getting sick at all at least you know we we check on a regular basis and right now of course uh, some of the the meteorological services are giving warnings we're entering a very difficult time uh, with very little rain and there'll be a lot of dry weather, it's going to be warm weather we're going to be experiencing, we need to be careful with our our water supply they're expecting very little rain and therefore there could be a drought throughout Tonga the response is, is really interesting. People say, well, we've had these situations before and nobody died and we survived. And <laughs> we keep on living. Uh, so it, it is in- interesting how the public re- reacts to these kind of things. Well, you would think E. coli is pretty serious. You would hope that they would take notice. Now, you mentioned the wells. And underneath Tongatapu, there is, as we're used to on coral atolls, a natural water lens. That's correct. But you see, the, the warning that has come, the issue with the water, the grill of the wells now in Tonga, there is no septic systems in Tonga. These are coral islands. Take Tapu for example, where most of the population of Tonga live. is very flat. And it's a coral island. And you dig down, you, you strike something, you strike water very easily. But the issue is that throughout the whole of the island, there's no public septic system. Each home have their own septic tanks. And I have an engineer friend of mine that told me one time he's very concerned about some of the areas in Alofa where he says there's a, a problem with drainage and some of these tanks are cracking in different places. He even saw a, a water drainage in the main street where he saw a, a sewage that was going. So there, there's a lot of concerns with well water supply, how much it's affected and how much uh, the drainage uh, of sewage that goes right into the ocean, uh, how much it's affecting our water supply.
0: That's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back head over to rndi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio Podcasts. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team till Fastway Four.